0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Morning, we well are done on making it to the first week of week six. We're six weeks. Um, look forward to all that will happen and come about as we press into this series, Uh, daring, being daring, how daring are you willing to be, do you remember, um, uh, I don't know if the cool kids still do it at school anymore, do you remember, some of us will remember as you're growing up, um, you dare each other, Uh, do people still do that or not, you know, I dare you to go and kiss that boy, (laughs) do you remember that? Did, did people go and kiss the boy or the girl? Yep. yep, Steve did. All right. It's obviously a good memory for him. Um, I dare you to eat that dog food. How many marshmallows? Oh, Diner's eating the dog food. Uh, what's wrong with our leaders? What's going on? Um, how many marshmallows can you fit in your mouth? 27. Who was that? Laura Ma. Yes, I think I've seen you do that too, haven't I? Yep. Um, I I don't know, I I tried to think of other dares, but I I couldn't really think of anything, and uh, I must be really boring, but you remember, you know, I dare you to do something, you know, I dare, you know, I wouldn't do it, but I dare you to do it, you know, dare is go first. Have you seen the extreme games, you know, the the X-Cross games, and the, the... BMXs and the motorbike games and the the um, snowboarding games and you know the extreme games the Red Bull games now that the, they fly through pillars in the air and uh, do all sorts of stuff all that is big kids just going on you would have a go that's all that is. We Five seasons ago, five years ago, my family started watching, uh, seeing ads for a particular TV show and we thought, that is going to be ridiculous. We're never going to watch that. Five years later, every season, opening night, we have fish and chips. Closing night, we have fish and chips. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. <laughs> and do you know what that is? That's just someone who's gone, let's adult up the dares. That's all that is. That's just a whole lot of dares. It's, don't shake your head at me, Sky. It's a... But to be daring is to do something unconventional, audacious, unexpected. Daring people often take risks that we wouldn't, don't they? And that can often be something fun as we've Talked about, joked about, thought about. It might be something trained if you think about firefighters or rescuers or people who hang out of helicopters winching up other people. It might be instinctive that you, you, you see something happen and you, you're just in there. You don't know what happens, but something flicks. You wouldn't do it if you had time to think about it, but once you're there, you're in there and you're fully into it. It could be planned. It's like putting yourself on a high ropes course. And there's various expressions. I think there's various expressions of daring. It might be that saving a life, or it could be taking a meal to our neighbor. It might be um, going on a new adventure, something that we've never done before. Or it could be shifting an attitude. It might be, could be anything from, um, I can't think of examples off the top of my head now, so you think up your own examples. Uh, But every daring act, Every audacious, unconventional, unexpected act before we act requires a daring decision about the kind of person we want to be. Requires a daring decision about the kind of person we want to be. So over the next six weeks, we want to explore daring ways to live and respond to God. We want to explore what it looks like to be daring in our faith, daring in our prayer, daring in our worship, daring in our serving, daring in our proclamation and daring in our invitation. And I want to encourage and cultivate in us a daring life that goes in hand in hand with God's purposes. It is designed to stir. It is designed to rattle. I believe God wants to rattle a few cages. I believe God wants to shake me and shake us. Um, and it is designed to challenge and awaken our relationship with God. And if you're new or exploring who Jesus is, we want to welcome you and hope that you will stay with the journey with us. If you're A long-term person of faith, I really challenge you. I really set this up. I dare you even to make the commitment and make the commitment today and make the commitment again on Friday night and make the commitment again on Saturday morning, Saturday night when you've tired and you've had a big week, I will be here on Sunday morning. For the sake of community, for the sake of experiencing greater revelation, seeing the miracles of God at work and a deeper sense of community. Because genuinely and honestly, I'm I'm pretty nervous about what this might reveal about me. Actually, this series, what I might be asked to do. Why does Siri think that's why I want to talk to her? Um, But I genuinely believe that God is calling us into more. What do you believe? Activist, author, theologian and communicator Shane Claiborne says, if we lose a generation of young people in the church, it won't be because we didn't entertain them. It will be because we didn't dare them to something meaningful with the gospel in light of the world that we live in. What are we daring ourselves and our generations to come to step into? What's the audacious, unconventional, unexpected step that I need to choose about the kind of person that I am, that I'm willing to step into as an expression of the good news, the light that Jesus has carried? And then he has said, you are the light of the world. Now go. That's the daring decision to make. And maybe you've tried being daring in your relationship with Jesus. You know, you prayed once. And it didn't work. Or maybe you made a decision about the church that you went to and someone disappointed you. Or maybe you tried reading the Bible for a few days and then you stopped because you didn't understand a couple of scriptures or a couple of verses. Or God didn't reveal Himself in the way that you expected. That's not being daring, that's being manipulative. So we decide then, because God didn't show up in the way that I demanded, in the way that I expect, because I've put myself above God, then instead I will live comfortably and I'll play it safe. We go through the motions. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will gain it. What do we need to lose in the presence of Jesus for the, uh, in the, uh, for the sake of Jesus so that we might actually gain life? So when life is hard, these are the moments that God is doing his work in us. These are the moments that he wants to shape and form our character where he is blessing us so that we can learn more of who we, he is and then as he blesses us, we bless others and he blesses others through us. And it starts with a daring faith, an audacious, unexpected, unconventional belief or trust. A willingness to step into and understand who God is and live out of that. Paul writes to a couple of churches and he writes firstly in Ephesians chapter 2, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, through a belief. A grace is undeserved gift, something you've done nothing to earn, nothing to receive, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And I love this, so you've been saved through faith as a gift from God, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Faith awakens a desire to do good works for the, for the glory of God. We get those two things confused sometimes, we get a bit unsettled because we go, well if it's not about good works, why should I do anything? Because that's how God's designed us. Oh, but it's all right, I just have faith. Yep, great. Now do something with it. It's kind of come on a bit strong, hasn't it? Uh, Paul writes to the Corinthian church and he says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We are so attracted to human wisdom and human entertainment that we lose sight of faith in the power of God. If you don't like this message, you can go and watch Andy Stanley, you can go and watch Stephen Furtek, you can go and watch Joyce Meyer, you can go and watch thousands and thousands and thousands of speakers. You don't like a particular worship service, you can stay home and download thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. Because we rely on the wise and persuasive words and entertainment rather than pursuing an audacious faith in Jesus. Cultivating a daring faith goes hand in hand with trusting God's will and it means that there can be nothing half-hearted about it. In the Old Testament, uh, the king of Israel, one of the many kings of Israel, was at war with the king of Aram Uh, Elisha was a prophet of God, and I'm really summarizing a story in a very brief way. And Elisha was actually warning the king of Israel about where the king of Aram was moving. The king of Aram was getting quite distressed and frustrated, so much to the point that he believed, the king of Aram, that there was a traitor in his army who was revealing to the king of Israel where he was moving to try and trap him and take him over and take over Israel. It was revealed to him that it was actually Elisha that was receiving the word from God to protect the king of Israel. Sounds mind boggling. Aram's king finds Elisha in a city called Dothan and he surrounds the city, attempting to uh, kind of subvert the the king of Israel's secret weapon, if you like, to stop him. And in 2 Kings chapter 6, We read this text. When the servant of the man of God, Elisha, got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. So this is the king of Aram, and his army had surrounded the city where Elisha was. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? I don't know what he sounded like. Um, I'm trying to keep you engaged. Uh, No, I'm not doing that anymore. The servant asked... um, Elisha says, now I've got a voice in my head about what Elisha might sound like. Um, <laughs> Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are. Sorry, those who are with us are more than those who are them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now we look at that and we go, that's a bit fanciful. Man, I want that vision. I want that vision, not of the circumstances that are in front of me, but of the God who has surrounded me. Oh, hang on. I don't want the vision of the circumstances in front of me, but of the God who surrounds me. I thought saying the second time might have got more of an impact, but... What do you do when you feel surrounded and overwhelmed? I know sometimes I can lose sight of the God who surrounds me. What happens to your faith when you feel caught out? Do our circumstances influence our faith or does our faith influence how we see our circumstances? Daring faith asks God for a vision that we cannot yet see. And to have faith is to believe God is who he said he is and that he is working out his purposes in us, with us and through us even if we can't see them straight away. So it's not daring faith when we say, oh God, help me, save me, fix it. But then we don't press into faith. Daring faith is saying, God, I know you will work this out. I trust in you regardless of this and I will hold on to you no matter what despite the circumstances, in the midst of the circumstances, God, I will believe that you are surrounding me. And I think as a nation, as a city, and as a church, we're in this moment that requires some daring faith to see what is beyond now and to what, is God, what God is calling us into. I have a daring belief, a faith, a vision that God wants to transform our city. That's our vision of a church Um, Our leaders are actually in the midst of discerning a vision for the next season of the church. And not so much about goals and objectives, but about relationships. And a strong part of our vision is that we continue to be uh, a multi-generational church. We love the aspect of uh, our children worshipping with us and growing up in faith and working in partnership with their families. Seeing on here today from uh, multi-generations in our band, multi-generations serving we want a strong part of uh, sorry so our vision is to be transforming our community in the name of Jesus in ways that are present, present authentic, courageous and generous. So over the last few years, uh, we've been exploring, we've talked about being disciples, making disciples. And our leaders in various ministries, particularly our ministry to our younger generations, have been doing a great work in providing a place for our children and our youth. But we've struggled to find develop and train leaders that have endured and run the race with us we have a vision because we want to transform our community in the name of Jesus we have a vision where children are making disciples who become youth who are making disciples who become young adults who are making disciples who become lifelong learners and followers of Jesus who are making disciples So to facilitate this, there's a few things that are going to take place and we're moving towards. Jared and Linda, uh, over Terms 1 and 2, are facilitating a multi-generational gathering on Friday nights. It's going to change and reshape our our ministry to our youth and our children. What does this mean specifically? My mouth's just gone really dry. Um, It means that we're going to create an environment to learn, grow, and encourage one another while learning what it means to live in relationship with a father. We will continue to facilitate a space for our youth, but also with our young adults and our older adults to discern how we shape our ministries to the younger generation. We'll have planned community nights to simply enjoy being together That will build. that is intentional to build deeper connections with peers and across our generations. It also means that Um, In their current form, we are stopping edge and cogs for this period of time. As they've been operating to spend two terms creating this deeper sense of faith, a stronger community and an idea of discipling a wide range of people. We will continue to provide, thank you, uh, interactive, interactive and sensory Experiences uh, for our primary children during worship services. So you would have seen that already as, that, as you come in this morning. Um, that will that will continue to be provided. We're we doing that weekly or fortnightly. Weekly. Yep. So that's that's still there for our children to engage with. We've sent invites to every student in Year Seven and Twelve. We've also sent uh, invitations to a wide variety of people to challenge us in our faith and invite a time of discerning what the next season might look like with us. And if you haven't received an invitation, but this is stirring in you, I'd invite you to speak with Jared or Linda about receiving an invitation or getting the details or making contact with the office. The details are in the newsletter as well. We're actually going to send a video link uh, or a video of this message so that everyone who's not here hears what we are doing and why we are doing it. Bottom line is we have a vision to transform our community uh, in the name of Jesus, continuing to provide our children the safety of community where they can grow up and encouraged to grow and talk about the faith as they follow Jesus for the rest of their days. This term one starts with a meal for our youth and young adults on Friday night, February 7th. Everyone breathe in. Everyone breathe out. So while we might be hearing that we're stopping edge and cogs, what we're actually doing is creating another dynamic, another way of moving forward, another way of discerning what the long-term future and interest of our children and our youth is. How do we do this better in a way that raises up people who will influence and shape and transform our community in the name of Jesus and give every generation the confidence and the capacity to do it? We recognise that this is unsettling and quick, but we do. Re, it seems quick. Um, it, we remain committed to providing a safe place for every generation with a desire to partner with families in a way that will see our children mature in their formative years and flourish wherever they live, worship and serve beyond the school years. Because we want to establish new rhythms, have new conversations and a daring faith that sets the tone and momentum for the next season in the life and the ministry of the Horsham Church of Christ. So after the service, I'll stand here and if you've got any questions, if you've got anything you want to say, come and have a chat. But I am declaring in faith and with vision beyond what is now that this will have an influence in seeing God's kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven for generations to come. Okay. So that's wanted to capture the notion of daring faith and having a vision beyond our current circumstances, unpacking a little bit what that looks like over particularly the first two terms of this year. And I want to invite you to participate in a really personal, intimate way now. Here's the thing about daring faith. It requires that we exercise it. It requires that we exercise it. In one story, um, many stories, but Jesus multiple times crosses from one side of a lake to the other side, going to a place that probably the disciples wouldn't have known or wouldn't have feared, wouldn't have even thought about traveling all the way to. They would have spent a lot of time on the lake. Jesus travels with his closest disciples though. He says, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side. So he's made a clear indication of where we're going, uh, of where our disciples are going. He's invited them to participate with him. And in the midst of that, they encounter a storm so fierce that these experienced fishermen become so overwhelmed that they become so afraid that they're going to drown, which must be some kind of storm. Like if you're a fisherman, you would expect that you're used to some kind of storms, wouldn't you? But here in this moment, despite the fact that Jesus said, Get in the boat with me because I want to go to the other side and I want you to come with me to the other side. So Jesus already indicated the destination as well. This storm comes up so big, so huge, so significant that these experienced, well-versed fishermen think that they're going to drown. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like you're going to drown? yes they wake jesus from his sleep because he's all cool with it and as jesus wakes up the first thing it's not he doesn't wake up and say to the storm calm down slow down that's not the first thing he does the first thing he says is you of little faith why are you so afraid I've really wrestled with this because I've, there are times where I read this text and I think, why does Jesus, why is the first thing he does is tell them off? Why is the first thing that Jesus does is kind of shake them almost? But as I was reading this again more recently and as it uh, um, came to me again, I felt like God dropped something new into me that was for someone, if not all of us sitting here today. And maybe maybe I'm a bit thick, so maybe you've already got this. Um, but Jesus isn't telling them off. I think he's encouraging their faith. I think Jesus actually wakes up and he says, "You have little faith. You've got all that you need. You have little faith. That's all you needed." You don't need to be afraid. Why? Because you have a little faith. I hope it might grow and mature, but you have little faith. That's, that's, I don't know if you're getting this. You have little faith and that is enough for me to work. You have little faith. Trust me. You have little faith. Watch what you can do. Shh. I don't know if the disciples got that in that moment. In the Gospel of John, Jesus actually says, because you have faith, you will see and do much greater than what I have done. (laughs) I don't know if we get that. We struggle to understand that because of who the Father is, He releases the resource of heaven over us. Because we have a little faith. That's it. Because we do get distracted by the conversations and the circumstances. Is that the decision you need to make today? Regardless of what we might be imagining of the church, maybe if what we are imagining of the church kind of rattles you and unsettles you, is it enough to say, is it, is, is it what a decision you need to make today to say, in my little faith, I will not be afraid, but I will choose to trust Jesus. Is it a decision you need to make in your home? I will not be afraid, but I will choose to trust Jesus. And because I trust Jesus, that will affect the way that I engage with the relationships in my home. Is it a decision that we need to make in our finances? My finances look pretty poor and horrible, but you know what? I believe God is surrounding me and I don't have a lot of faith in that, but I have a little bit of faith. So I'm going to declare that over my finances. So I've got a question for you, an invitation for you to participate in. On your seats today, there would have been a white business card and some of you walked in and rolled your eyes, I'm sure. Others of you have walked in and great thought. Oh, great! Something to doodle on. Fantastic. Maybe some of you made paper airplanes. I don't know. There's plenty of cards around. I've got a question for you. I want you to. Um, it's, if you've got a pen or you need to borrow a pen, the first thing I want you to do is date it. February second, two thousand and twenty, or 0202020. Sorry, it should be 2 two zero two, shouldn't it? Anyway. Here's the question for you today. You can write on this card. You might do it right now. You might do it tonight when you get home while you're watching I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here um, finale. Um, You might do it this afternoon when you're out for a walk. It'll drop in you. God will drop something in. I want you to at least ask God, what's the decision that if you don't write it right now, at least have the courage and the faith to trust God with one simple question. God, what is it that you want me to do with my little faith? I dare you. What is one decision I will make today to be a person of daring faith? What is one decision I will make today? A small decision. might be a small decision. It might be a big decision. What is one decision I will make today to be someone who is audacious, who is unconventional, who is faithful, in my belief and my trust in Jesus. Now, so I've got some suggestions for you. Are you ready or not? Well, maybe your cage is already feeling rattled and you're still back in. (laughs) All right. Maybe today is a day where you want to write down, right, I've thought about this for long enough. I'm going to declare Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. I'm going to follow him no matter what. I'm going to make him my priority. Or maybe today's the day where you say, I've had enough of this wishy-washy in my life. Jesus, you're it. I want my life to reflect your life. I want to bear the fruit of your spirit. I want to be a person of love. I want to be a person of joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. One of those things would be a great start. If you make a decision today, follow Jesus, and you haven't yet been baptised, please come and speak to us, because we've got a baptism service at the end of January. Ah, end of February. Thank you. And we'd love to participate in that with you. Maybe today it's the decision to say, you know what, God, I haven't been serving you at work. In my mindset, in my attitude, in my response to my bosses, in my response to my employees, that's going to be different. And I trust you. Maybe today, I don't know what your circumstances are. I don't know what your finances are like. But maybe today is the day, the 2nd of February, 2020, where you write down, I choose to trust Jesus and believe in Jesus through these circumstances. And write, them, write what the circumstances are. Don't be wishy-washy about it. I choose to trust Jesus through a financial crisis. I choose to trust Jesus though I've managed my finances poorly. I want that to change. Though I've been a terrible husband or a terrible wife or a terrible child or a terrible parent, oh, that's probably a bit strong. I don't. Maybe 2nd of February 2020, I choose to believe that Jesus wants to know me and he wants me to know him. So I will set aside 10 minutes a day to be with him. Maybe that's the small decision. Maybe it's a decision, is a decision specifically to honour God with your finances and to give to something beyond what you've been doing, even though you don't feel like you've got a lot, to step out and trust Jesus a little. Maybe it's a decision to forgive or seek forgiveness. Maybe it's choosing to believe I have a little faith and I declare for miracles or revelation in my life. And we have a little faith. Maybe it's a decision to believe that I have a little faith believing that God is more interested in my character than he is in my comfort. God is more interested in my character than he is in my comfort. Our vision is to be transformed in the name of Jesus. And that's got to start here with me. If we want to transform a community, we've got to be seen to be people who are being transformed by the God of all life. We want to do that by being present in relationships, authentic about where we are and who we are and our struggles. We want to be courageous in taking a step towards Jesus, to know the generosity of our Father and to live as generous people in response. I believe our God is a way maker. I believe our God is a miracle worker. And I would encourage you to write your responses with that promise. Share it with someone. Ask them to pray for you specifically. And then if, someone, if you pray with someone, have the courage during the week to send them a text and say, how are you going with that? I'm still praying for you. And if something happens or you experience uh, that miracle, the revelation, go up and share it with them. Go up and tell them, hey, that pray, did you know? remember how we prayed? And if it's not next week or if it's not the week after and it could be 10 years, make sure you go back to that person and you say, remember that prayer? Remember that declaration that we made? Put those business cards in your Bibles, on your fridge, and keep declaring it and keep walking in it. Um, it's been a lot, hasn't it? Actually, I don't feel like it's been a lot. I feel like it's been one great big gift. I want to. So we're going to step out a little bit further here. Are you ready to go with me or not? Can we do that now, please? Um, I want to invite uh, every child, and if you need to bring a child to the front, I want you to do that. I want to invite every child uh, up to the, and I'm asking up to the age of 30, to come and stand down the front. Because it's about the young generations. It's about the younger generations. I'm asking you to come. Now, some of you are already going, just come and stand in the front. Just come and stand in the front. Spread right across. There's plenty of room. (laughs) Hannah Tanner, come and stand at the front. Alison Wright, thank you. come in, come in, come in, come in make space make space All right. now some of you might be wondering what the heck we're doing, that's okay I want you to remember this occasion for each other I want you to cheer each other on in this occasion I want you to remember it and parents this is something that I want you to pass on to your kids at some stage because I think this is going to be a huge shift for us hello young men Good on you. You stay here and receive it. Just firstly, all you guys, turn around and have a look out there. Look at the faces and the people who have loved you and look at the faces of the people you don't know or who don't know you but have endured and are continuing to run the race of faith. Don't forget it. These are the people who are cheering you on. All right? So come back here look at me again. Look at me, look at me. I don't know what's happened today, man. There's been impersonation of voices and I'm a celebrity and I'm citizen of the year. Get me out of here. Um. Sorry. I read this psalm and I've read this psalm a few times. Um, and uh, I haven't read it in this way but I felt like it was important today so um, I, and for the, you guys down and I know you might not be used to this I'm not used to this this is new and fresh for me too I'm doing this because I believe this is something God asked me to do today all right so I either want you to hold your hands open ready to receive something from God or lift your arms up in acceptance and surrender to God okay I want you to do that Here, this is the word, and this is uh, from Psalms 144 verses 12 to 15, because this is what I'm believing for our future generations and for you guys right now. Are you ready for it? Are you willing to receive it? Excellent. That's thank you. If you guys, if you're at the back, you want to raise your arms. So let me say, you guys are declaring this blessing over this generation because enough is enough, yeah? We're, we're creating a church that's going to change our community. We want to raise up children and followers of Jesus who understand who God is and declare great things, even though it scares older people like me and you. But we want this generation to step into something new, yeah? Yeah? We can maybe bolder on that in a decoration, Yes. Yeah. So Psalms 144 verses 12 to 15. Our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved out to adorn a palace. Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands. By tens of thousands in our fields, and our oxen will draw heavy loads. There will be no breaching of walls, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed are the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. I want you to stay here. Our band's going to come up. We're going to declare it. And I want you to lead the way in declaring it. There's plenty of space here. Come as close as you want. Be as brave as you want. I want you guys, young and old, to declare it. You don't know the song maybe very well, but I want you to sing it loud. And I want you to sing it boldly. Up the back, I want you to stand, move forward, surround this generation. Believe in this generation. Stand, move forward. Yes, Simon. Yes, Simon. Come on. Who wants to believe that God wants to make a way today? Who wants to believe that God is making a way as he has in the past and he will again in the future? Is anyone believing that for themselves? Does anyone want to believe it for the next generation? Maybe there's the older generation, you're sitting here and, oh man. Come on. That's enough, really. Really. It's time to say, yeah, all right, it might not be who we are. It might not be what I've done in the past, but you know what? I want to release my favor. I want to release my blessing. I want to release every resource that I've got available for the people who are coming after me. I don't want to be a miserable person who re- stops this generation. I want to release greater favor. I want to release greater blessing. I want to release greater miracles so that we transform our community in the name of Jesus. It's not very complicated, ladies and gentlemen, is it? But gee, we do a good job of convocating it. Come on, let's believe in one another. Let's believe in a God who wants to make a way, who wants to reveal a way, who wants to release new things. Is there anyone that, just, is there anyone that needs a miracle in their life today? Is there anyone that needs a miracle? Is there anyone that needs a financial change? Is there anyone that needs a uh, a physical change? Is there anyone that needs a restoration of their... Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Father, we want to declare that you will bring a way into these lives today. That you will bring a new perspective, that you will open hearts and minds to see beyond circumstances, to see the angels surrounding them today. That the vision that Elisha had for his servant would be a vision that we carry for our homes, for our workplaces, for your church, for your community. That you are surrounding this city with your angels. You're surrounding this region with your angels and that you are already doing a battle that we cannot yet see. We wanna declare a new faith. We wanna declare a new possibility. We wanna declare new hope and new ways for the next generations to come. We wanna declare new friendships in our schools. We want to declare freedom in our schools. We want to declare light in our workplaces. We want to declare hope in our homes. And we want to declare that you are making a way more than anything that we will believe that God, you are who you say you are, that you are a God of love, you're a God of mercy, you're a God of grace. And that you want to pour out your blessings in a way that we have not seen or encountered before. Does anyone want to receive that today?